But that crystallized, like, okay, this is a real problem. It's really uncomfortable, very similar social dynamics to what I'm already doing over the nonprofit. But it's also also a huge risk for businesses because this happens. They don't know what to do about it. Um, they don't know how to prevent it, how to respond to it. They don't want to get sued. And you, you don't want your people having to deal with my, what my wife dealt with. So, Ever wonder what it's like to start a nonprofit and run it for over a decade? How about a journey from the depths of flipping mobile homes all the way through learning the secrets of wealth building? Come along for a ride and plenty of laughs with my buddy, Matt Pipkin, the founder of Speak Your Silence and WeVal. Thanks for joining us, Matt. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I was <laughs> laughing already. So here, we'll continue. We've already been talking for like five minutes. So <laughs> we figured we should hit record. Uh, so this is actually my first lead in for a guest yourself. And so, uh, fortunately you're a very multifaceted individual. <laughs> so it's easy for me to explain how I know you. Yeah. Mr. Matt Pipkin. We used to be neighbors. We did. It's on my list. Ah, you're ruining it. I got a list. <laughs> All right. I'll let you Kay. do the talking. <laughs> so first off a Boise native, which is a rare breed. Indeed. And I would say you're a true optimist. I don't know if my wife would always agree with you on that, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. I can feel the positivity yeah. exuding from you right now. I do my best to be that way, but I have a good time around you. You're one of those who draws it out of me. Well, so. thank you. <laughs> so third on my list was fellow rent controlled Idaho building tenant some 15 well, years ago. It wasn't rent controlled. It was before. Well, somewhat. I moved in. Maybe maybe I got in. <laughs> you got in. When the if people age. knew what we were paying in rent the first time we lived there, it's yeah. there's multipliers on that. Uh, founder two times so far, first in the nonprofit space mm -hmm. and more recently for profit venture. Yep. A dad. Yeah. That, that's a pretty exciting one. Yeah, Somewhat nice. recently. Yeah. Almost two years. Yeah. Things have changed. Oh boy. Have they ever. <laughs> <laughs> How about airplane pilot second generation? Uh, second if you, we skipped a generation, so I would have been, the, I'm actually the third of four generations. So that's, that's what I was cool. trying to articulate there. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. Uh, I would say a connoisseur of free Wi-Fi at all of Boise's finest coffee shops. Ooh, that's I used to be. Not so much. Not so much anymore. I, I used to be. You made your rounds, though. I don't have time for free Wi-Fi anymore, unfortunately. <laughs> I wish I did. <laughs> Sometimes it's worth paying for it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm the guy who doesn't leave his car when he gets coffee now. It's like, I just got to keep moving. <laughs> uh, voted world's best smile by me every year oh, since I met unanimous. you. Yeah, every oh, that's year. fantastic. I never got a certificate or anything. Just I'll, I'll know, get on that. Yeah. Someone who has an insatiable hunger to learn and improve the lives of others. Well, geez, that's nice. <laughs> Thanks, <It's> My Jed. <laughs> observation. <laughs> Well, I appreciate uh, it, man. And I would say just a straight up lovable guy that I'm honored to call my friend. Whoa, this is fantastic. <laughs> I didn't know how much I'd enjoy this podcast today. Well, I'll throw it right back at you. You've been a good friend for a long time. Thank you. I wish I'd see more of you, but yeah, there's well, time. You have kids too, so I yeah. get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so now who would your friends say that you are? Gosh, now I'd have to figure out who are my friends that would have, <laughs> have anything to say about it. Only the ones that would say good things. That's what I want to hear. Yeah, what would they say? Oh, gosh. I would hope they'd say I'm a good friend. 
Um, a good husband, a good dad. Anything else is will be secondary, I suppose. No mention of business. <laughs> maybe good looking. Oh, okay. But it's just a that's a that's a hard <laughs> maybe on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess entrepreneur in general, phenomenal, fantastic guy. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Humble. <laughs> anyway. So as a Boise native, uh-huh. you grew up here. Yeah. And it used to be that everyone was like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I won't start that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny yeah, now. That, that used to be how it is. It's weird how it's changed. Right. So you then lived here your whole life until you went away to college? Yeah. Yep. Went away to college. Came back four years later. That was it. That was it. You were always planning on coming back to Boise? No, I actually drove back in from Indiana. I went to college in Indiana, rolled back in, saw the city lights, and thought, what the heck am I doing back? Because, you know, you feel like you're going backward at that age. But I didn't have any other place in mind because at that age, you don't really think about anything more than a week down the road. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah, here I am. But I'm, yeah, it's always been home. And came back employed or just came back on your parents' doorstep? I came back, I was doing my own thing. I, I was in real estate, buying real estate and yeah. flipping, flipping mobile homes back in the day. Nice. So I just had, I was self-employed, I guess you'd say. And what year was that? Oh, seven. Okay. Yeah. Right on our looming housing. It's a really good time to crisis. buy property like I did. <laughs> <laughs> Never owned a real, actual real pro- property. And that was my year to, to shine. <laughs> 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 so you did real estate for how long? Well, I'd been around real estate forever because my dad was a broker my whole life. And so I did my first deal with him when I was like seven or nine or something like that, flipping a mobile home with him and my sister. Yeah, I was in it around college for about three years, got my license actually after the market tanked, but only did three transactions as an actual agent. So, So you were just investing but weren't? Yeah. A licensed agent. Right. Okay. Primarily. But more, I, I only had a couple pieces of real estate. It was more mobile homes back at that time. That's real estate. I, I lost my shorts on the actual real estate. Actually, on all of it. I just bled it all like everyone <laughs> else in the world back then. So, yeah. And so what happened when that hit? That, I'm trying to think of the timeline. I think it was late 08, 09, when I was just hemorrhaging money, which to me was a lot at the time. And... Hit a low point. You know, I'm two years out of college. Uh, I had my heart broken. Felt like I was terrible at everything I did. You know, every deal I touched went bad. It was just this really crappy time um, with no direction. And so, um, and then at the same time, I started talking about my childhood. you right. I was sexually abused when I was a kid. And I finally started telling my, I told my parents that. Finally went to a counselor. And then that led me to starting a nonprofit, which I never would have guessed because I never had any interest in nonprofit. And so I started a nonprofit focused on sexual abuse and assault and helping people. So tell, tell so. me about the nonprofit. Yeah. I just retired yesterday wow. from it. So today is my first day of retirement. So <laughs> you, this is great. Are you moving to Florida now or what? <laughs> yeah. Del Boca Vista. I'm going to live by Jerry Seinfeld's parents. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm still doing other stuff, but yeah, yesterday's the last day I, you know, I started back in 09, I guess. Um, so I handed it off to a really great gal, Bridget, who's worked for me for three years. 
But the mission is to help those who've been sexually abused and assaulted move forward with their lives and live great lives. Right. It's a very forward-focused, positive. Um, the organization, we offer in-person, one-on-one counseling nationwide to anyone who's been through it themselves, um, regardless of what they can afford. And then we have some other programmatic stuff that's like self-help, um, self-guided stuff. And we have a VW bus for outreach. And Bridget's going to be focusing. This Vanna White, right? Vanna White. It's a white and VW bus named Vanna White. <laughs> so we didn't even mention Speaker Silence. Oh, yeah. name of nonprofit. Speaker Silence. You've already, you're retired. You're old. You're I'm forgetting like, yeah. things. <laughs> I don't even need a I gave you a window, but. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Speak your silence. Um, and yeah, Bridget's going to do great. She needs uh, new support. She's she's new at leading an organization. So if you feel compelled to support the organization, now's a great time. But she's going to do a good job. Proud of her. So there was quite a history with the nonprofit, though. How long ago did you start it? I think it was technically founded in 2010. Okay. But I started working on it in 09, mid-09. So we're nearing 13 years. It's a and long time. Did you think you were going to start a nonprofit? <laughs> no. You, oh, you man. M- mobile home tycoon <laughs> real estate investor? <laughs> so headed. Funny. No, I'd never had any, I'd never been around nonprofit, never had any interest. I mean, not, not for better or worse, just wasn't in my periphery. And um, yeah, I was kind of, I never would have expected, especially to, on that subject matter. Right. So it was a really good experience. I think we've been able to help a lot of people. I wish we could help more. A nonprofit's a tough game, um, for sure. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad to be out. Though. I'm grateful to be out and back into. But you had nonprofit. you had products of yeah. some sort within. I tried yeah. everything on planet Earth. Tell us a tell us a couple of those things. Oh gosh, we started with the stitch kit because we have a an orange zigzag symbol. It's our trademark for it's symbolic of voice frequency by wearing this simple orange zigzag that's symbolic of you. Wearing your voice in support of people to share their stories. So we made products around that. So we made we had custom-made T-shirts with that hand-stitched into the pocket. And we made, well, we have a zigzag down the side of the VW bus. Um, we made. So the kit itself was made. the orange thread. Orange thread. And you thread. could put it on backpack, laptop. Yeah, bag, which jacket, no one ever whatever. did, of course, because it's a lot of trouble. And we knew that. But we had I did to have it. A way. I did on you something. Did. I'm you sure. did. And you wore I gave a shirt. Him, I gave them in. Uh, Stockings you one did. year. Yeah. You were one of our one of those guys who was like, "Thank God for Jed pushing <laughs> us," because no one else would. We fin- actually sold a lot of those things, just no one used them. Which go do you, figure. Do you have any idea of what those numbers were? I think we yeah, I think we pushed like fifty thousand of those little. That's amazing. Those little kits. It was a lot of them. Um, so it was pretty cool. I mean, I was walking through the Denver airport one time with my wife, and some gal ran up and was like, "Are you? Are you? Did you start?" Is this? And so it was like one of those out in the wild experiences, right. as they call them. I felt like such a big deal. <laughs> it was the only time that ever happened. But it was pretty neat because she wife, had it like, on her coat. Right. And it was really. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you I was doing stuff. <laughs> See? <laughs> Just because you're paying the bills doesn't mean that I'm not pulling my weight. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's part of running a nonprofit, too. I mean, it's like a different animal compared to. Such a different animal. We talk to a lot of business owners or people that are running businesses in Boise. and Yeah, and which is tough, too. It's challenging, yeah. but yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt you mid-sentence. No. That's, that's one of my that's downfalls. <laughs> <laughs> but a nonprofit is a, is a different animal. Totally different animal. Really challenging. Because you got essentially two different business models. You got to, you have your mission, 
and you you have to fund it, and the two rarely go hand in hand. And um, fundraising, especially via donations, is a tough game because you know people aren't getting anything tangible in return. They're fickle. Don- donors are fickle, which I I understand. And um, yeah, it's a challenging game for sure. I can understand that. I've been on a couple boards, and when they say, yeah. "Okay, you need to do some fundraising," it's like, like, "Oh crap, it's not me." I'll know. give you some design advice. What do you need? What do you need? I can't. That's that's a tough. It's not me either. Yeah, it's not my my forte. And you kind of just have to forget about um, making people awkward, avoiding that because that was just part of the game. So <laughs> I was never the best at that, but yes, <laughs> the organization's still standing for what that's worth. So you ran it for over a decade, uh-huh. and. It doesn't sound like you were graduating high school thinking I'm going to run a nonprofit. What what were what was no. Matt Pipkin's goals and dreams for career? You know, uh, before pre nonprofit. When when you graduated high school and you were going heading off to college, you what know, did you major in? Yeah, I pff, heck if I know what I majored in. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I I hopefully you're not paying for I, it anymore. Oh man, I'm still paying for that. That was a lesson. Purdue, that right? was the best education Purdue? of all. I went to Purdue. Yeah, I grew up wanting to be a fighter pilot. My dad was a fighter pilot. And then um, he flew for American Airlines, which. Yeah, my dad, Air Force, too. flew as well. Your dad was Air Force. He was, yeah. Okay. I mm-hmm. think, yeah, you've told me that. Um, so similar backgrounds. And so I'd always planned on flying. And then I applied to Purdue's aviation program. Didn't have 4.0, didn't even get <laughs> considered. But then I got accepted into Purdue and was out of time wherever, you know, in Seattle where I was looking to go into. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go to Purdue. Because <laughs> I <laughs> knew a I wanted school, to go. though. Yeah, it was a really tough school. I mean, it's engineering largely, which is not my game, but that made everything else tough. So right. it kicked my butt. Um, so I ended up, I didn't have the GPA during college to get a get in the school of management. They don't have business there. They have school of management. I didn't have the GPA. I got the next closest thing, which got me out in four years. It's technically retail management and I've never had any interest in retail. But it was like the closest thing to business I could get and get out. <laughs> and I slept through most of my classes because <laughs> I worked at a bar at night as a door guy and never made slept up your sleep after thinking that. that was somehow a good decision during college. So you weren't so you're not a fighter pilot. Not a door guy at a bar anymore either, though. Okay. Yeah. So you graduate college and yep. say, I'm going back to Boise mm-hmm. and figure it out. Yeah. For some, I think mid college, I thought I was going to open a coffee shop, probably like every other. That was pretty <laughs> early, though. Then, you were like an early, yeah, I been third wave early coffee guy. Yeah. And then I came back and realized that wasn't my game. I think I tried a few different things. I, 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 yeah, I came back buying mobile homes. I did that during college, made a decent amount of money during college. Got my one of my teachers to somehow agree in college to let me intern for myself, which was one of my greatest accomplishments. For course college. credit? Yeah, it was great. Nice work. Thank you. And yeah, came back and did real estate. So as you progress through the nonprofit, through Speak Your Silence, mm-hmm. you were exploring other things. WeVow is the current venture WeVow, yeah how did that all come together and tell us about we've out took a while i i think i started we about four years ago this month um so it took a while for that one to come about i was just focused on speak your silence and really nothing else and then it, 
I got a, I developed a desire again to own my own business. And plus, I mean, let's face it, it's just hard to make money and grow wealth if you're leading a nonprofit, uh, especially one focused on sexual abuse and assault, which is not the easiest to grow. And I'm not griping. I'm just, that's just the reality. Um, But I really wanted to own my own business because I'm, I'm entrepreneurial. So by nature, it's just, I'm, you know, motivated to, to see some results and get some of the payoff. So that took a while. I had an idea that was very abstract for Weavow about six years ago, I want to say. And then my wife had an experience at a work party. You know, Ash. Yep. Um, she had an experience at a work party where a coworker got drunk and was really inappropriate, really inappropriate. And she was, she just froze and didn't know what to do. And um, that kind of highlight, it was right in line with the idea of what Weavow would become like company. But that crystallized, like, okay, this is a real problem. It's really uncomfortable, very similar social dynamics to what I'm already doing over the nonprofit. But it's also also a huge risk for businesses because this happens. They don't know what to do about it. Um, they don't know how to prevent it, how to respond to it. They don't want to get sued. And you, you don't want your people having to deal with my, what my wife dealt with. So, anyway. And HR's had, like... Go watch this video, and we've done our right, part. Right. That's been like the approach, right? Because you gotta have you gotta have that stuff to cover your butt, um, which I totally understand. But is it really effective in preventing it from happening and protecting you as a company? Not really. So yeah, so I Weavow was very abstract back then. Now it's it's really it's an HR startup, which I never I remember asking Ashley. So tell me, what is HR? What do they do? And now I have an HR startup. What does HR actually stand for? <laughs> That's actually a really good question. I'm have to Google that after this. <laughs> so, but we yeah we just so you put uh, in heavy research and yeah, you googled and HR. Figure yeah yeah did some really good googling, and so yeah started this company focused on. Uh, helping businesses raise expectations around sexual harassment so that people just know where you stand, what to do when it happens, and and have support, both sides, employees and leadership, um, so to pre- protect everyone. And we had three years of grind and struggle of people thinking it was a good idea, but no one buying, really, a very small group of customers. And finally... Last year, the day after, like literally one day after praying and deciding I'm gonna, I gotta leave the nonprofit, it's better for the, the organization and for me. Right after that, the next day, we started a growth spurt with Weavow and we work with a bunch of breweries now across the country. So, really grateful. A male dominated business, generally. Yeah. 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 And, and just high risk in general. I mean, take yeah. gender out of it, you have high risk because of booze are flowing relaxed tip culture, pretty transitory employee. I mean, a lot of turnover, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's just a bunch of reasons and male dominated. Yeah. So you have all these reasons why it makes it high risk. And they, the, we'd already been partnered with the Brewers Association, the National Brewers Association in Boulder um, for a couple of years and nothing had ever come of it. And then suddenly the industry had a bunch of fallout um, for better or worse. And the, BA Brewers Association pointed all of their 5,000 members to us as the solution to weave out. Wow. And, yeah. And, and which I'm really grateful for because we have a, turns out we have a really great solution for breweries. You know, we just printed collateral for them 
on a Thursday prior to all this blowing up, which was great confirmation that, yeah, this is who we serve. So now we work with a bunch of breweries um, so all if, over the country. So if I'm a brewery owner and I yeah. call you up and I say, what what do you do? How do we get this going? Well, my brewer friends that yeah. own other breweries say, I need this. I trust them. Yeah. I want this. Yeah. W- what is it? Yeah. So we help breweries give their people total total clarity on where they stand on sexual harassment, what to do when it happens, and ensure they have support. So there's a reporting platform. It's two-way. Uh, there's uh, free counseling for employees if they report an incident as a victim. No cost to the company either. Um, free HR included for leadership to resolve any incident reported. And um, also a training. I never wanted to have a sexual harassment training because they're terrible. They're awful. And I wanted to be nowhere near that. And then I realized there's the opportunity to create something better than anything that exists and affirm each person rather than treating them like they're the problem, treat them as the solution and assume the best in them. And um, so we've done that and it's seemed, I mean, we get compliments. Of, I mean, compliments about sexual harassment training. You know what right. I mean? It's still a sexual harassment training. It's hard to avoid the dry content, but you don't leave it feeling like you're the scum of the earth. You know, you know that you're part of the solution and your company values you. So it really just changes the mindset around the problem and gives employees a solution. They know what to do. If Ash, my wife, experiences it, she knows exactly what to do and where the company stands. And the company knows exactly what to do, and they have us to help them work through it. So it's been a great fit, and I'm really excited about it. Really grateful. Nice. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, thanks, man. And, and my most... pitch would have been terrible last year. <laughs> you can now tell I had a lot of phone calls. But <laughs> other than you could be a non-brewer and call you Oh, up. for like, sure. We just got Alaska General uh, Seafood today, a big fishing company. Amazing. Just, yeah, really cool. And you were, you were doing some early stuff with uh, the Tree Fort guys here in Boise, right? Yeah, Tree Fort's going to – yeah, they were our first event. We, you know, like created the company thinking we were going to work with big com- companies. That's what I thought. And then it turns out they don't need us. It's They have internal HR, internal legal. And then we found out that events have use for WeVow because people get drunk or they're listening to music and feeling relaxed. They're around people they're never going to see again, and they do stupid stuff. And so um, Tree Fort was our first big event where they had signage at every venue with a QR code linking their guests to their WeVow page where they could report an incident. And um, all their volunteers knew exactly what it was. So everyone, everyone's head was in the same place about it that don't do that. Just be respectful, you know? So. And, and did you have much reporting or learning from that any metrics that you pulled yeah away from we, they told us that they'd had they'd had an experience and they that weval was used it was effective people know knew where to report and yeah they were really happy about it. that was a few years ago and they've continued to to work with us since they just told us last week they're gonna work with us this year so now that we get to have that. tree fort which is amazing what was that now that we get to have tree fort yeah again. right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, thank you, Lord. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm excited to have them as a client. And now we work with a bunch of brewing con- conventions and conferences, too. So, Like uh, Great American in Denver? Do yeah, you do that? Yeah, um, well, so. we've, we haven't worked with them yet, um, but we're partnered with B- BA, which puts that on. Right. So I'm hoping we get that eventually, but we're working with a bunch of state-level. So, like, we work with Idaho Brewers United. It's the state-level guild, and we work with New York State and Ohio and a whole bunch of LA County, Arizona bunch. So yeah. 
Nice. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. I can just talk and talk. It's not blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You're invited. Let this me tell you about mic. my HR company. <laughs> we want to know. Is, I mean, is there anything else really like this? No, that's the no. There's nothing like it, which is kind of bizarre to me. It's like companies need. I wouldn't have had a clue if I ran a small business and I had people reporting things. I wouldn't have had a clue how to respond to. Right. What do you do? So yeah, and you don't want to pay a bunch. So yeah. So is this where most all your efforts are now? Webow. That's a, yeah. Days? That's my primary focus now. And I just um, bought. We've we've purchased a few rental properties in the past few years, and we just bought up a, a commercial building with a laundromat. And, uh, Back in the real estate game. Yep. Yeah. You were actually running slightly late today, which you weren't actually late. No, I, was, you, I thought I was going to be late. And you texted me about something <laughs> involving your new business ownership. Is yeah. that something you can divulge? Or? Oh, sure. Yeah. We had a, just the nature of owning a laundromat, a, a, a dude who's loitered and been really inappropriate with the customers and said really crude stuff. I'd, I'd, kicked him out before and then he'd shown back up so we had a we had a no trespassing warning and he was there when i rolled up today and so the cops were called just part of the game so hopefully that'll solve the problem but <laughs> if i was a betting man <laughs> <laughs> maybe coming back yeah and he doesn't have any laundry to do so <laughs> but you've had your hands in multiple things at once yeah, just yeah, I think it's how just you kind are? of how I've done it. I don't really think about it. It's just kind of how it's worked. So what is going to be next? Where, you know, is WeVow going to be the last business you I start? don't know. That's a good question. I've when On There's no rough way. days when There's I'm really no frustrated, way. yeah, this is the last time I'm ever going to start a company. <laughs> I don't know. Because startups, it's in a tough ball game for sure. And it's so much more of a guessing game. Whereas like real estate... It's all about the numbers. If the numbers make sense, the number numbers make sense. It's management. You know, you got to manage right. it. Right. But with a startup, it's like, I don't know. Is anyone going to like this? And if they do, are they actually going to buy it? I don't know. And then you have people who buy it. Is anyone else going to buy it? I don't know. <laughs> you sound so, super confident. I know. <laughs> I'm a lot more confident now in WeVal than I used to be. I, I know the company is going to continue to grow. I don't know that I have the, I know the special sauce because most of our customers have been inbound. They came to us. So it'll be interesting. But yeah, this is my primary focus. But yeah. not something that's looming that you're like, no. your wife hasn't given you another good idea. I guess I should <laughs> no, put it that that's way. typically it's like, do you have any ideas, wife? Wait. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, I'll keep waiting. Keep, Let me I'll know. Keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and do you approve of me doing something with this? Because I have tried other things that just didn't go anywhere. So, yeah. So based on that, a question we ask is if the story of your business was mm -hmm. documented in a book, what Boring book, probably. <laughs> uh, no chapters? Don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> you got to tell us what, what chapter would you be on in the book I and would, what would oof. it be called? Oh, gosh. I'm, it'll, I'll come up with the longest chapter name in the history of chapter names, probably. So... Talking about WeVal? Yeah, let's talk about WeVal and... What would the chapter name of where I'm at right now? Yes, in the evolution. Well, of I've been told I'm in growth phase of startup. I don't know much startup world tech terminology. You're past the preface, though. Yeah, I think we now have market what they call proof... What do they call it? <laughs> <laughs> market traction? Is that what they called it? Yeah. 
rocket ship to the moon, I think it would probably, I'm just kidding. I don't know. It'd be more like, like a scooter to the store <laughs> and hope we get there. To the corner market. Yeah, hope the wheels stay on. <laughs> just keep it. As long as your wife doesn't tell you anything on the way and you get sidetracked. Yeah. She's yeah. like, by the way, I also need this. Like, How do I take that all back in a scooter? <laughs> Well, let us know when the book's complete. We'll buy it. <coughs> Thanks. All right. <laughs> so what would you say has been your biggest win so far in both the nonprofit and any biggest of, win? Yeah, that you would consider you personally. Um, I would say getting educated on business and doing a lot of reading. That sound that maybe that's a weird answer. But like I read I'd read Rich Dad Poor Dad in college. My dad got me that, and I read it, and I liked it a lot, and I knew that I needed to do whatever it said, but I didn't really, and then I read it again a few years ago, thought, I need to be focusing on this, didn't, because I didn't know how, you know, and then I read it again um, two years ago when I was at a point of just frustration of leading the nonprofit and being mid-30s and not having much financial, you know, success to show for my work. And so I did a lot of reading and read every book in Robert Kiyosaki's lineup and played his board game. And it's like something just clicked. And now I have confidence that, sure, whatever happens with Weave Out, I believe it's going to be successful. It's going to do well. But even if it doesn't, I now have confidence that I know how to do well in business. Whereas two years ago, two and a half years ago, I didn't because I'd had a decade of nonprofit beating the crap out of me and me not being able to figure out how do I, but don't I you think that part of the journey is gotta I mean, have that's it. part of your story? Like absolutely gotta have there. it. Yeah. Yeah. My wife, Ash and I were talking about it last night. Like I'm really grateful things didn't go like, cause when I started the nonprofit, I'd, you know, every mid twenties person who starts an organization thinks it's just going to be this huge thing and it's going to change the world. People are going to notice you at the Denver airport. Oh yeah. I'm going to be such a big deal. <laughs> And it, you know, did not go the way I'd envisioned. It was much smaller, is much smaller. The impact has been much smaller than I'd hoped, but I'm really grateful for all the challenge because I'm grateful for every win. I don't take wins for granted. And, and I just know I'll stick with things, but I've learned a ton and it got me to where I am. And if it'd been easy, I'd be in a much different, I wouldn't appreciate things nearly as much. Developed grit. A lot of grit. Yeah. Yeah. And I now you're so. going to put it to work. Yeah. How yeah. about uh biggest mistake so <laughs> oh, far? Let's make a list. <laughs> top, top three, put them in your head. Reduce two. You got one. Biggest mistake. Oh, <laughs> you can <gosh>. have multiples. <laughs> um, that's a hard one. Oh, I think one of the, well, there are a couple of things. Like I used to, put a lot of trust in one person. I would, I would find the one person who I thought was the expert and knew everything. And I would just depend on them. And it's like, just trust yourself. You don't need to trust. You know, you're the one leading this thing. Um, and also just caring way too much about what people think. But I think those are parts of maturing. That's just how we humans are. But yeah, with the nonprofit, I felt like it was a public facing thing and people had opinions, whether they did or not, probably didn't. But I cared way too much about people's opinions, and um, which I think all, all of us deal with that sort of stuff. 
And uh, I'm still human, but it's like, you know, I don't need people's approval. I'm, I'm here. My mission now is my family. You know, my wife was able to leave her, her job last year to be with our little guy. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's a huge goal. And that's, that's what I value now. So it's like, I don't care. I don't need to impress anyone anymore. I just. Isn't it yeah. interesting how that changes? Yeah, it really is. Like perspective all, is so different. Everyone that I turned 40 this year yeah. and everyone that turning 30s and I'm five or so you're, I'm like the 30s are way better than your 20s there's so much better so much competition mm-hmm. you're just competing with other people and a lot of yeah. times it's like you're competing to show people that you don't necessarily even like, like. yes <laughs> it's the craziest thing <laughs> it's so I don't dumb. know why why we do that and it's it's it seems like it's common in business a lot of that's I think, changing I but think so but we humans are humans no matter what they're, but yeah, yes, I think you're right. Cause I used to compare myself to every entrepreneur or every organization in a similar space or whatever. Right. And I, yeah. And I think Boise's business in Boise feels a little different than that because there's so much more that we value than mm-hmm. just yeah climbing the ladder right. or comparing who has right. what. And, right. You know, we always talk about, you know, not taking off the Friday afternoon or taking a day off to go skiing or whatever it might be. There's certain things like that. that Yeah. Yeah. Quality of life. Big time. Yep. Agreed. So what would your best piece of advice be to someone who's starting a nonprofit, a profit for profit, or just (laughs) any type, you know, we have people that are listening in on the, the business builders here in Boise and what, what would you say to them? I have so many, so many little nuggets it can be multiple. The gal who, yeah, I probably have a bunch of multiple little little things. Bridget asked me yesterday, like my advice. She asked me a lot of the similar questions as you, which I never get asked these questions. So this is a funny week. Um, I told her she's starting nonprofit. I told her to focus. No one else will. So besides the organization, focus on you and making sure that you're growing wealth over the long run on your own. And learning, you know, because I, I got her that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And so that's that's a lot of where my head's at. So I'll talk about that yeah. often with people. Because um, if she has that, she'll have peace of mind and she'll have confidence that she'll do well no matter what she does. I've always told her to be really selective in who you get advice from. Because everyone will have an opinion about your business or whatever the heck you're doing. And most people don't, don't know what they're talking about. And if you ask me my opinion... I won't know what I'm talking about regarding your life or your business. So even though I've led one or led a couple, so just be really selective. If you want to be really effective in one specific area, go to someone who's been really successful in that specific area, you know? So, um, cause we all have a lot of influences in our lives if we allow it and you'd be really selective with who you're allowing to influence your mind and your heart. Right. You got to stop and, realize, Hey, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm an expert. Yeah. And yes. Listen yes. to yourself. Like it you sounds said. silly, but that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Once you've done something long enough, maybe you're the best answer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Isn't that, it's true. Yep. The influences and turn off the news. Life's way better when the news oh, is on. Yes. I watch Elmo with my guy now and toy story a lot. It's fantastic. <laughs> Life lessons. I'm not worried about back to the basics. Whatever crap's going on in the world. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is the first time Matt actually didn't know COVID was around. I told yeah, him I, I got him out of here. Yeah, I thought ago. it was still 2017. I didn't even realize <laughs> what year it was. <laughs> oh. So through all of this currently in life, would you say that you're happy? Yes, life is fantastic. Yeah, I I'll definitely have my frustrations. Had a couple today because it's real life. But we've been very blessed and I'm very grateful for shoot, I've got health, I've got my family. I got a great marriage. I'm an awesome kid. I got another one on the way. Congrats. Yeah, thanks, man. And um, family's doing well. And uh, we have a little backyard now. <laughs> yeah. We didn't two years ago. And it's the best thing in the world. I'm sure your and your boy appreciates it. Yes. Yeah. So life is good. I don't have anything to complain about. Um, don't feel like you need to race out of Boise and move anywhere else. No, no, but it sure would be nice to have some nice warmth. Actually, you know what? We're going to Cancun on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm getting the heck out of here. <laughs> At least a trip. But Yes. Yeah, yeah. now we're, this is, this is home. Good. Yeah, man. Well, appreciate your time. This yeah, was great catching up, me, finding out everything you got going on. So <laughs> if uh, someone listening wanted to connect with you, what's the best way that they could do that? Oh, I guess... Uh, to do the LinkedIn thing? Uh, you know what? I have the account. Um, yeah, that works. I'm on LinkedIn or Matt at weavow.com. Okay. Yeah. I used to think I was so important that I couldn't just give out my email address. And now it's like, oh, right. No one's going to email me. So, sure. Here's my email address. Put it address. out. You might be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. So email you. You'd, yeah. you'd meet him for a cup of coffee? Possibly. I Maybe. Can't, I've got a lot on my plate right now, but um, but possibly. M meet you out in Emmett at the laundromat while you're <laughs> yeah. counting coins. Come do your laundry. If you come to my place yeah. and do your laundry, I'll talk with you. Another place, <laughs> Emmett, not far from Boise. Yep. Well, thank you, Matt. Thanks, Appreciate buddy. it. It's good to see you. This you is how we get to hang out, so I think we should do this again soon. <laughs> I think we got a little while longer, but... It, I guess we got to go. All right. All right. We miss you, TJ. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, thanks for joining us today and listening in. We're really glad that you did. We're always open to having more guests on the podcast. And so long as they live here in Boise and are actively involved in building business here, no matter where that business might be located, we're actually very interested in learning more from them and potentially sharing their story through this podcast. Feel free to send us a recommendation for a future guest or simply connect with us on Instagram at Boise Business Builders. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and we would greatly appreciate a review. Thanks again.